I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you, mate. How are you doing? Marvellous. Good. That's good. We were, uh, it's been a busy weekend. Um, Masters on and off. A bit of a shame, really, that it got a little bit, I wouldn't say ruined by the weather because they got all in the end, but um, interrupted by the weather is probably the best uh, way of putting it. Anything do you think? alarming about the masters i know obviously you know we put up john ram so it's not a massive surprise to us who won it um maybe a little bit of a surprise how many live players contended in the end or, or were up there in the end well do you know what, what you know i thought about this and, and why why mm. they're playing golf just because they go over to live doesn't mean they completely lose all ability to to contend in the tournament yeah um, i mean they may not be the most you know the, the most desired tournaments they may not I don't know. They may not wish to win every single one like they might do. But then I thought about it. And, you know, to, let's be honest, they don't particularly, until these designated events, always want to bother with um, the standard PGA Tour event. That's the thing, isn't it? So, so uh, you know, I, I just thought about it after the big reactions and stuff like that. Um, I just wonder how different it is. I mean, obviously, they're not getting the, re- the repetition in on, on PGA standard courses and I think some of those courses are a bit wide but you know you look at they've got Mike Over, they've got Valderrama a um, couple of Trump courses you know PGA Tours have been played on these courses before yeah so whilst they might not be set up in the most in the hardest fashion um, what is actually you know where's the difference it's a slight difference but it doesn't it doesn't take the fact that you know Patrick Reed's one round here and as a scrambler you know for years he was one of the best scramblers you know, on tour, um, you know, I mean, Phil surprised me, but that's that's not a live thing necessarily. That's, that's because just him. we thought yeah. he was on the way down. Yeah, we yeah. thought he was on the way down. Um, yeah, I, think, I mean, I Brooks, think that, Kat, you know, whatever. I think I think Mickelson was the most surprising, obviously, and I think because there was just no form to get. Like we we don't know how to quantify live form, and then he didn't show any live form at all. I think the only thing I would say in a negative response to those on live is that it, it makes it look like they haven't applied themselves in the live event. So if, if they're trying to force that as a product, they should take more care. But to your point, they, a lot of them would have been like that. Like Brooks would have been like that in a PJ Tour event for 13 out of 18 events of a year, like it all 19 events of a year. It's not, it's not, you know, it was never a big focus for them in that. And Mickelson sort of said he was close to having a good, round halfway through it did it uh he had a good final round in live last week and and the, the kind of reps i think i think what this has done is it's it's uh answered the questions about the players individual motivations to still be competitive and be the best players in the world it probably hasn't done wonders i don't think like whereas some people will see it as like a win for the live i don't think it does because i think it just sort of shows they're not taking that as seriously as maybe they should as competitive athletes so Yes. And and then the other thing would be, I would say that, or is it just because they were marked like Augusta specialists that were up there? Is is the, like, are they going to come and do that at Oak Hill and, and Hoy Lake and all that sort of stuff, not having the same sort of reps around those courses, I guess. But isn't that the same? But, but so that, that's no different. 
I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth, who, who the takeaway now has to be that you just back Spieth every year. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, haven't we got? Haven't we got them there? You know, Cam Young's uh, proven to be uh, a Masters, uh, sorry, a Majors specialist, unbelievably. Yeah. Um, even in really horrendous conditions, well, that was a bit easy yesterday. Um, you know, it's a shame that, that that you know people caught on the wrong bit um, and the worst of the weather. Yeah. Um, but you know, it happens at the Open all the time, doesn't it? So. So what, you know, you, you look at somebody like Scotty Scheffler, he, he would have held up the form. It was only that uh, on the 12th, wasn't it, I think? Um, yes. It sort yeah, of started unravelling. Um, you know, so it holds up. I mean, Morikawa, you know, Xander, uh, you know, Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Young, Reed, Spieth, Kepka's won four, Nicholson and Rahm. I mean, you know, the top 10 is full of absolute top-of-the-world players. Whatever the conditions are, yeah, yeah. And whoever was playing, they're there and there's there's you know it's it, I, I mean my takeaway from it really was john Rahm was extremely professional i think there was a scott member who tweeted it and they said oh it might ben was talking about some cheering on the when somebody was plus six i can't remember who it was that chipped in yeah and and there was that lack of it was very consistent at the top wasn't it there wasn't anything that was dramatic Rahm played brilliant i mean Rahm just played professional Golf. Mm-hmm. He was far too good for the field. Very few mistakes. Um, I think it was on eight yesterday. I think um, his, his third shot was just sublime. His chip up the green was just magnificent. It was within like two or three inches um, to get birdie. Um, and, you know, Kepka was on in three. And, he, you know, it was just so professional to do that. Um, I just think it wasn't spectacular. Um Similar to the recent recent Masters, I guess, like the winners just gone out and won it and made it not yeah. not a non-event, but you know Scheffler took care of it last year. Uh, Hideki yeah, obviously yeah. had Zalatoris following, but never really. You, you see, it, when John Spieth wins or Phil Mickelson wins, yes, yeah. you know something's gone on. You know, you Rollercoaster, know there's something. You yeah. know there's a bunker shot. You know there's something silly. Um, I mean, obviously you had was it Figala who, who chipped in on sixteen? He did. He did the Tiger Woods um, shot. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. So so you have. You have that, but it, the winner did do that, and and I'm so praying that you hold that part on. <laughs> yeah, but so, honestly, oh, I was thinking really, of you really when he when he did that when he when he hit it 150 um, yards off the tee. I thought that was that was just brilliant. After double bogey in the first time, probably double bogey in the last time. Yeah. It, I mean, again, brilliant to to kind of put it up where he put it and then chip it close yeah. and make the putt. Uh, kind of summed up his day. I think. I think I was, you know, as a as a Ram backer, I was kind of worried. Like Saturday, he got through the tough bit. I, I thought it was going to be a struggle for him to go and finish his round in the conditions and keep close to Kepka. He did it, and then when he actually had the chance to play alongside him, played pretty poorly, and it kind of continued to start on Sunday. But but neither him or Kepka really started with a flash, did they? And then I just thought maybe from kind of like five, six, seven onwards, he was in. In control, Kepka was going the wrong way. Ram did what he had to do. Every time it felt like a big moment, he stepped forward and hit the shot. Um, and and that's you know what a Masters champion does, and it's what someone that's won three times this year does. Is what someone's won six times since or seven times now since last year uh, does. You know he is, I think. Well, I, I think it's close between him and Scotty as, as the the best two players in the world. But um, recency bias will give it to Ram, I suppose. It's, it's too difficult. I'm not answering that question anymore. No, no, no. no. That's the point. Um, they're, 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 they're 1A and 1B, aren't they? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. I think they can both go as the two best players in the world. 
Um, the margins are tiny, aren't they? The margins yeah. are so small. We two two big names, I guess, that missed the cut were Rory and Justin Thomas. Massively surprised. Not in Thomas's case, anyway. Surprised that Rory missed the cut, but not surprised that he struggled. So I think we kind of signalled that could happen anyway. Do you know what? If I'd, you'd have said John Rahm missed the cut, it, I wouldn't have necessarily been surprised. Yeah, uh, Vol- volatile, isn't it? It, it yeah. I, don't, I love the Masters because because of its regularity, because you know what's coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like the twelfth was, you know, how, how they have the twelfth as that as an exciting hole is just it brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It really is just a fantastic. I mean, just it's nothing, is it? On the card, it's nothing. And yet it's just such a game. Gets them every year. Yeah. Um, you know, I love them. Yeah, I like, you know, it's it's a volatile event. And and but the specialists come through, don't they? Virtually every single time. Um and there they are. There they are again. Obviously, you know, some are getting too old now to, to do anything. Um Rory, yeah, you know, he could come out this week and I don't think it's easy to he's, but he's he's withdrawn now, hasn't he? Just, just, oh, he as has we, just as we're talking, he's just withdrawn. So that's his Yeah, I mean I I'm trying to get my preview in. Yeah. Before anymore, I think there'll be a host of withdrawals. And, and yeah, uh, we've lost we've lost Salatoris, haven't we? To well, season-ended injury. Um, not with it anyway, is he? No. So he's gone. Rory's out. I, th- I think I've got a feeling that might be it, only because it's these designated events. So it, it seems like Rory's allowed to do what he wants because he wasn't meant to miss another one of these. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And has, which is uh, slightly surprising. Which does mean he now has to play the John Deere in the 3M Open. Or just shove two fingers up at the rest of the tour. So um, that'd be an interesting dynamic, maybe to follow. But I think it's sorry, Tom. I think it's amazing that you're asking the Masters winner who's done that in in those conditions, playing the holes he has yesterday, to turn up this week. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's I still rock, believe he won't turn up. I don't think he'll be there. It, it, it's a ridiculous. I sort of read this, and they sort of said like this was the. I think it was Shane Bacon, maybe that said that. Of all the events that have been elevated this season, this feels like the only one that was the wrong choice. And I and I get what he means in the sense of like because it's the week after the Masters, forcing them to come here, hungover, whatever. Um, I don't mean hungover in a literal sense, like Masters hangover, whatever, um, travelling, etc. But more so the fact that I think I think the reason they try to do it is it's such a good golf course and venue and a you know long time sponsor in RBC that they've. They've tried to cater to it and, and bring the best players here like they did during the COVID year and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, weird, weird timing. To, to ask John Rahm to come here, to ask Scotty, who was visibly frustrated throughout the week, to ask Rory, who's just had you know the, the most damning result of his season uh, and will be for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, Rory's gone. But, yeah, interesting. It, do you – let's move actually specifically on to the Heritage – there's obviously a big trend of, of players not contending. I think Matt Cooch is the only person to win here after having a top five of the Masters since 2000. You, you can you can have played well, but I don't think you would want to be really in the heat of the battle. Like I would have thought we're looking at Rahm, Hovland, uh, maybe even Spieth. I, I thought Spieth was actually quite fairly priced until the, the Rory withdrawal. But is, is are you ruling players out based on the fact that you know, they were in contention last week. You know what? It's 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 that that's the question they ask every year here, isn't it? Mm. I mean, you know, when you look last year's um, event, um, the top thirty from this event last year, 
You had Lowry, who was third at Masters, Morikawa yeah. fifth, Connor sixth, Sanjay eighth, Fleetwood fourteenth, Harold Varner twenty third. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the actual winner, Spieth, and missed the cut. Yeah. Um, as did Webb Simpson, CT Pan, who won here in uh, 2020 and 2019. Um, <laughs> you could say it's an advantage to get to get your, you know, your your game still going last week. It, it's. I don't think it's a question. I think you can only do what's put in front of you. I agree with you. I think somebody between, I don't know, somebody who was out the game really, somebody between tenth and thirtieth who wasn't really in the game um, yeah. last week, perhaps is uh, where you want to be. But it, it, you know, if John Rahm turns up and he won. It, it, yeah, you know, I'd be no surprise. I'd, I'd be amazed. Stunned if he if he's there. I don't know what price he is, but I'm amazed if he turns up. He's, so he's, he's I, nine I, to know, one. Yeah, I've, I've had a I, couple of bets already today, and uh, yeah. I think everything will shorten up. Yeah, I mean, I was I was lucky to get up. I got Lowry in. I put this out, and I, I kind of envisioned this would happen. So I put a tweet out earlier today that that Lowry at forty to one was going to be my main bet. Uh, he's now shortened into I think thirty three to one is the best price you can get, which is understandable. Twenty eight to one generally available, which I actually thought he was going to be kind of priced like that anyway. I know it's a, an elevated event, but just his course record and the fact that, like you said earlier, he came back here and finished third after finishing third at Augusta. Um, and, like, you know, like you know, like you said about the the kind of these trends, you know, Lowry was one shot outside of the, of the speed can't they play off. If, if he won this event, that changes the trend altogether, doesn't it? So it is it is so such thin margins and lines as to whether you can go to the Masters, play well and then play well here. So I don't I haven't necessarily ruled people out based on that. It's just the fact that I'm probably not going to take single digits about Ryan winning back to back and and Rory's pulled out. I think for me that the one the one the two people I was looking at one Rory's gone now, but I can't believe if you were on him at seven to ones last last week you didn't want to be on him at 14s this week. Um, and I think it's almost the same with Justin Thomas in the sense that he was 22 to one last week. There was some 33 to one about him to win this. I don't like if your overriding feeling was that they were playing plenty good enough to win the Masters, then I can't believe you suddenly change your mind based on one miscut um, at Augusta where there was a lot of pressure on. Thomas was 17th after round one. Rory has got way too much going for him. So interesting dynamic there. But let's go into the people that, that we do like. So just giving a bit of a market overview, John Rahm's 9-1, to Scotty Shepherd 10-1, to Patrick Cantlay 14-1. to He might still be walking around at the moment. Uh, Colin Morikawa 20s with Spieth. Fitz Hovland, 22s, Cameron Young and Xander Shuffley, 25s. We haven't, between us, gone any of that group, but is there someone that was close for you? I think Murray Carr was interesting. Mm. I think he, look, he looks like he's uh, he's coming right back here, doesn't it? And, um, yeah, I mean, if you find greens, greens in regulation here and put less emphasis on your scrambling um, compared to the rest of the field, then you're you're going to do very well. Small greens um, should be able to to exploit that a little bit. Um, so yeah, he he judged on his recent form, you know, thirteenth at Sawgrass, like most recent form, and then tenth last week. Obviously, um, he's still banging in greens, isn't he? All the time, his iron play is fantastic. Um, I'd expect him to to do at least as well as he did when he was seventh here a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I, I don't want not a fan of Morikawa because uh, he's, I think, my last major winner when he won the PGA. Yeah. Um, but he's sitting there next to Jordan Spieth and, and choosing between those would be difficult for me. 
at 16s and 18s. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think Jordan was 16. I think he was back down to 16 to 1 last week. I know you got 10, 12, 400 places or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he hasn't done anything wrong at all. You know, defends here. Um, we know he's top grade, obviously, and he's slightly bigger price than he was last week. Um, Morikawa's been chopped in. Are they the same player? I'd, I'd go Spieth over Morikawa just for the fun of it. Uh, um, yeah, Morikawa would worry me. I think, I think I'm not convinced, as always, that if you, he's got a four-footer for the win that you want to be on, I'd rather be out quickly. Yeah. Um, but he would be the one out of all them, I think. Yeah, for me, with, with, it was Spieth for me at the top. And, and mainly for the reasons you just said, like he's a defending champion. He's playing really well, done nothing wrong. When you look at the form he was in coming, because he was 40 to 1 to win this last year. But his form coming in 26th, miscut, 35th, which I'm guessing was at the match play. Um, 35th at the Valspar, I'm guessing, and then miscut, uh, obviously, at Augusta, as we already alluded to. So he was in really no form. He lost two and a half, I think, nearly three strokes putting on the week and still won. Um, so a little bit of a shock victory last year. And I know, obviously, you're now being asked to take half the price, but there's a reason for it. He's playing a lot better. Uh, you know, you've got the question marks over Rahm and Scheffler with the Masters hangover. Cantley, I, I do like Cantley a bit in terms of betting-wise, but he's he's come under some fire. Hovland, I think, was too much in the, in the mix last week. Interesting, one thing on Hovland, I was actually, um, you know, surprised actually how well he played. I know he didn't, you know, hold on to it in the end, but I think a lot of the things will be that he faded because he's chipping so bad. And it never, it didn't really feel like that. It felt like he was actually missing just way too many greens, which is, un, you know, unsurpri- surprising for him, um, which put too much pressure on that short game. Like if he was hitting the ball a bit better, I think he would have had a better chance. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think those ones will be out. Cameron Young, I guess, is is there. Shoffle is always there. Um, but I'll leave those alone. For me, I guess let's, let's go into Shane Lowry because we're both on him. Uh, 33 to 1 best price now. Eight places, absolutely fine from the 40 to 1. I incorrectly said that this, this would be his first win, like he's, he's motivated to win stateside for the first time. He obviously won the Bridgestone in 2015 at um, Firestone. But first regular season event was what I was going for. And I think two or three times a year he has a chance to win. And it's, it's Honda and it's here and maybe one other uh, every single year. He's coming into this now playing really well last week. He was inside the top 10 for the first three rounds. Didn't do anything on Sunday when everyone was moving forward. Uh, he said he was proud of his performance despite, you know, the putts not going in, which, you know, the data actually, you know, reflects. He was 45th of those that made the cut in strokes game passing, whereas he was third off the tee. His approach numbers were, you know, modest as well, 35th, but 7th tee to green overall. He's playing really well, 35th at the players despite a bad start. He was 20th uh, after 36 holes at Bay Hill, uh, couldn't find his ball striking over the weekend and then played well again at Riviera and Honda. Coming back to a golf course where his form is just ridiculous. He had that third place finish when he was coming over from the Masters and being in the heat of the battle. I can't really see a negative about Shane Larry right now. Uh, no, I'm with you. I mean, um, 2019, he missed the cut at the Masters, third here, 2021, 21st at the Masters, ninth here, 2022, third at the Masters and here a week later. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, his, his history dictates this is where he's going to play. Um, obviously, he's got Honda form, like you say. He's got Sawgrass form, Phoenix form. Um, if you want tree line form, he's second at Valderrama behind Sergio, who's got a fifth and a 19th round here. 
Um, 23rd in the world without winning too much, isn't he, really? Yeah. Um, and he and, and the next bet, both really, it's time they've won. You know, they're both playing very, very well. And, and you know, as I say, both of them, you know, should start to be winning. Um, Augusta, uh, first for driving accuracy. Okay, they're much wider fairways, but we know what Larry's about. Um, first driving accuracy, fifth in greens, sixth for driving accuracy at Honda, fourth in greens and top 20 in both at Riviera. So top grade, top class, playing well. Um, not particularly, uh, as you say, in contention over the weekend. Uh, he wouldn't have minded the rain. You know, it's not something that would have dragged him down. Obviously, no. he's won, you know, he's won um, the Irish Open as an amateur in horrendous conditions. Obviously, he's won the Open and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I agree. I think 33 to 1, or I think you've got 40. Yeah. Um, that's for eight places. Was that eight places? You got eight places for this that's, morning, that's, yeah. That's, that's huge. The and only worry... There's still 33s, eight places as well. I think it's still good enough. The only worry I'd have about him is uh, is the putting has gone a bit. Um, but like I say, if he can find greens, then that gives you an advantage here, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and there's no reason to think that, no reason to think he's not going to turn up and, and perform. It's, uh, it's his sort of track. Why not? I, I think it's a very, very fair price when you compare it to a lot of those under 25. Yeah, he uh, four out of five years he's visited here, he's gained strokes on the green, I think I read as well earlier um, from Pat Mayer. So obviously if he's going to make, uh, you know, going to gain strokes on the greens, it's probably going to be here at the Heritage. So really positive on Shane Lowry. I don't, he's not a player I tend to back. I always think he's a little bit, you know, short in the betting, but at 33 and 40 to one, eight places, of course, we know he adores at a time of year that he plays incredibly well. Uh, I just thought it was all too much. Brad's gone with Matt Fitzpatrick, his first pick, and I'm going to go with the same. He was actually boosted to 40 to 1 this morning on Bet365. Uh, you, you can't, but he's boosted to 33 now, but 28 to 8 places is the general price, which is what we're going to go with. So I've got I've got one concern, and it's whether what he did last week is a bit of a, you know, Augusta only, false dawn type thing. He was 11th in strokes gain approach, 15th in putting, and 6th off the tee. Uh, off the tee doesn't generally matter here, but his approach play is really what I've been looking for. His irons have been absolutely atrocious all season, and all I wanted to see was a bit of a turnaround. He turned it around when he hit his approach as well against me in one of our bets at the match play. He was 21st in driving accuracy and 21st in greens and recreation. So he's nothing special last week in ball striking, but in terms of the actual strokes can approach, 11th was really eye-catching. And you look at his kind of bank of form here, uh, it's, it's pretty incre- impressive considering the time he is at the time of his career he was coming out. I think he was 14th. I don't know if he was actually still an amateur at that point, but it's definitely early on in his career. Uh, 23rd, sorry, uh, in 2014. Uh, it, I can't remember whether he was still an amateur there or not, but he was he was still early on. Then he's had two 14th place finishes and then a fourth uh, in 2021 as well, where he shot second round 64 and weekend 68s to you know just fall short. So for me... Fitzpatrick and, and for Brad as well. I think he's good enough value if the iron play isn't just Augusta focused and it is a case of he is back to hitting his irons better again, which the match play sort of suggested it was as well. So we shall see on that. Um, Brad's also on Lowry as well. So all three of us are on Lowry. We're both from, both me and him. Are, yeah, both me and him are on Fitzpatrick. So you can rule those two out. Jace, give us Sung JM. Uh, yeah, Sung Jae-in, only 25. 
We can't, I think we say that yeah. every time. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, we say only 23. 24. Yeah. 25. <laughs> um, and he's only won twice. Uh, uh, both factors are quite incredible, really. Um, October 21 was the last time that he got his head in front, and yet he's world number 17, which, uh, yeah, I, I'm not knocking him. I think he should be in the world 25, but yeah, you know, it does show a slightly skewed uh, world ranking system. system. But anyway, anyway, there we are. Um, yeah, third top 16 from four Augusta outings last week, which is actually his worst finish in the four completed um, completed outings. Um, like I say, we don't fancy the top three here. Well, it's top two now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and everything he's doing just suggests that at some point he surely needs to get his uh, his nut in front. Uh, Ten completed starts in 2023. There's a three top 10 finishes, Torrey Pine, Scottsdale and Sawgrass. Um you know, certainly the latter two can be related to, to this in, in some way. Um, what I liked was his third round positions as well. Um, going into the final day in five of those, he was seventh at the Tournament Champions, ninth American Express, fourth at Farmers, sixth at Phoenix, and eighth at Sawgrass, and obviously 15th after three rounds last weekend. So he's putting himself into winning positions a, a, an awful lot. Um, top 25 for driving accuracy in seven events this year, including his last five. That'll work here because he bases his um, total driving on actually rather than distance. Yep. Um, he's finding plenty of greens. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got I've got no problem with him at all. He's had four outings here, missed the cut twice uh, on his first two outings. Um, 21, he was 13th after being top 20 in T approaches and T to green and top 30 in putting. And last year, he finished just outside the top 20, but that was mainly because he lost nearly four strokes on the putting surface. Um, which obviously didn't reward his tee to green efforts. It, it, this is for me. This is exactly the type of course that some GM should be should be contending. Um, and he, you know he's done nothing wrong at all, and yet he still goes off at thirty three to one, which again for eight places I thought was terrific value. I mean, looking at it, um, I think if you have let's just say a figure, if you have a tenner each way, both Sun JM and Shane Lowry top eight places. If one of them lands, you almost double your money yeah. for each stake, which to me, in a field like this, with doubts about an awful lot of them, I'm, I'm there every time. I, I think I think his game is right. You know, The emphasis on the parts of his game are perfect for this. Um, I'm struggling to, uh, again, apart from not putting your head in front, I'm mm. struggling to think why you wouldn't do it. He's, he's peak die form, uh, four out of the American Express, worst of 18th. 6th and 17th at the players. He's got 4th and 29th at uh, Innersbrook, which is a tree line, which a lot of people are comparing to this. Um, he was 6th at halfway, by the way, when he was 29th. Spieth has won both. Simpson, Stuart Sink, Luke Donald, amongst others, share top finishes at both. There we are, 33-1, to eight places beyond. Yeah, as you, as you said about his passing him down, I see just the, the profile play, um, page on tour tips is really like, important for this because... In 2022, he led the field in strokes gained off the tee, which, as you pointed out, if based on the fact that's a lot of that is accuracy, that's actually quite, not miraculous, but certainly impressive. He led the field in scrambling as well uh, that week. And overall, I believe he was, yeah, fourth in strokes gained tee to green. So he had the full package last week, barring last year, barring the putter. So I suppose it's not quite a full package, but as close as you're going to get to it without actually, you know, lapping the field. And when he was 13th here two years ago, he was fourth going into the final round after he opened 68, 65, 69. So we know he does have those kind of problems, I guess. Again, probably one of those people that's cursed with being compared to 
Tom Kim and people like that who've, who've won a much quicker clip. But to me, like you say, only 25, like we say every time. So much ahead of him. I was a little bit disappointed with him last week, but only only in the sense that I was so sure he was a, a top 10 bet. But, you know, you can't do it every year. He's done it twice out of the four visits. It's it's pretty impressive. And he did show plenty of signs to, to climb up there as well. I just didn't quite get there. I do think he's a plodder. I mean, I yeah. do think he's a plodder. I said it before when you was on. I can't remember which tournament. I do think he just plods. There's nothing there that, you know, you see him in six and that you, you don't get the sense he's going to hit 62 in the final round Yeah, and, and crack away. Um, but as I say, I think as a backup at the prices, um, you know, if, if you double your money every tournament, it's great. And I, I'm struggling to see both Shane Lowry and Sung Jae out of the top eight. And, and there we are. That's a you know job done, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking to Tom Kim, Brad's gone with him as his second selection, um, or third selection, sorry, after Fitzpatrick and Lowry. So that rounds off his card. Uh, yeah, plenty, actually plenty to like about Tom Kim. I thought that I didn't expect him to do that well. He wasn't playing great coming into the Masters, and he shot that final round two under to finish two under overall and inside the top 16 on his first start at Augusta. So I think that's pretty impressive. For, for someone that's not been there and not in the form that he was in. I think he actually shot two under on the first day as well. Uh, so two two rounds of 70 in his um, Masters debut, 72 in round two. So he actually only went over par in round three. So actually a, a pretty solid start to, to his Masters career. Something to go into this week. Um, I, I haven't got to him for a while. I think there's something a little bit missing from him. I think he's just probably just slowed after such an impressive start to his career. But... You know, at 40 to 1, there, there's definitely winning upside on him. And that transitions me into into Sam Burns, who I think is definitely the type of volatile person that can get a win. We saw that two starts ago at the WGC match play. I don't think he represents the same solid value that a Lowry or, to your point, Im does in the each way market. But I think at 40 to 1, he's one of the most likely winners. And... He's been ninth and 39th here, either side of a missed cut. Um, he's at a sixth and a win in his last three starts. He, to me, the fact that one of those Pete Dye, one of those wins is on the Pete Dye golf course. Everything about the 40 to one on Sam Burton's is actually, I think, great, great value. I know that obviously um, he has he has been inconsistent this season, but he was never outside the top 11 here on his debut back in 2019. He had broke three rounds of 70 last uh, time in 2021 as well. And the, the the effort last week was actually better, I think, than, than it kind of gives credit for. He was 29th, but he was actually sixth going into the weekend. And that would have been far and away his best effort in a major if he'd done it. Uh, 78 and the tough scoring conditions on a Saturday kind of held him back. So 41 for Sam Burns for me, I thought was strong enough in the, in the market. Uh yeah, I've got no problem with Sam Burns. I like Sam Burns. Mm. Um, yeah, like I say, Valspar obviously comes into it, I believe. Yeah. And uh, you can't do more than, than win back-to-back there, can you? So, um, he, he, for some, I don't know why, he just didn't appeal around here. Um, yeah, it, does, it doesn't come immediately it doesn't. to it because he's like a, a bit more risk-reward. So, where you say, like, in doesn't really take that step forward on, on a Sunday, I think Burns can go and shoot that random 62 mm. on a Sunday to win it. Um and maybe it feels a little bit too ploddy for someone that, you know, hits the ball a fairly long way off the tee. But I just I just like him. I just think he's got that P-Dye win recently. 
he's played all right in Pete Dye before that as well, and, and similar types of tests, like you say, like the Valspar. I just thought 40 to 1, especially with the, the two players that have come out in Rory and Zalatoris, for him to his price not to move, I thought was pretty impressive. Like his price is exactly the same as Matt Kutra. I respect Matt Kutra a lot um, in terms of what he's done in his career, but it's been a while since he won yeah, Sam Burns. Yeah. yeah. And Cyril Hatton, I don't know that he's playing well enough to win after a strong run of form where he didn't capitalise. I think I think Burns is in a nice group there at the 40 to 1. So, yeah, I, I will be taking him. As the post and whisperer, Jason, has he come in too much in this market in an elevated event, 80 to 1, or is there still some value? Uh, I love that. I, I actually, no, I didn't fancy him at all this week, sadly. Hmm. Um, I know he's got the, I, I don't know, I can't answer the question why. No, looked that's fair Looked at him um, for obvious reasons. Obviously, he's got the Valspar as well. Hate to say this, I didn't think he was good enough. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because his sixth, eighth, and third here in four starts is obviously reads incredibly well when you look at it on tour tips and just see all the high finishes. But none of them looked at a point where he's going to win. It's now coming. It's now a stronger field than any of those appearances. So he'd have to beat better. So I think the win element of this is, yeah, the win equity of this is low, which obviously it will be at eighty to one and bigger. But like. I think his form's actually been overlooked a little bit. He's 10th at the Valspar. He beat Sungjae and Tommy Fleetwood and Maverick Manili to get out of his group at the match play. Then faced Scotty Scheffler in the last 16 and took him all the way to 18. He lost one down in the end, so he had a chance to actually win that on the final hole. Then he makes the cut of Augusta, which actually doesn't feel like something JT Poston should do. Finished 34th and his best round came in the final round where he shot 70 to shoot two under. So... I just thought there was enough there, a bit of confidence coming in. Like we say, he's someone that played well enough and had positive signs at Augusta without ever, I mean, yeah. not even in the same way of like Lowry or Burns not being in the mix and going away. He had literally nothing to do with the event other than a decent final round. Um, I think there's there's definitely some about Poston. So I think the 80 to 1 of eight places is yeah, fine. Um, but let's circle back just slightly. It's, fair. it's absolutely fair. I'm not yeah. arguing against it. Yeah. No, it was about 125 to 1 earlier, and that was obviously a lot better. But 80 to 1, I think it's still some there. Corey Connors, Jason, 50s, someone who everyone's going to be kind of pissed off about after, after letting them down last week at Augusta. Yeah. Um, is it a case of forgive because he's a better player than just overlooking one bad week? Um. I struggled with this. I mean, I put him up at, um, for a top 20 last year when he was odds against, when he was obviously came off a fantastic Augusta. Yeah. He was flying. Um, and that, you know, obviously um, that got landed quite easily. Yeah. I, I, I'm struggling with him. I just, when I knew it was, Her- when I knew it was the RBC Heritage this week, mm. I thought to myself, it is Corey Connors. It's about Tita Green. Um, it's about accuracy. I want to be on Connors. And this was before he did what he did over the weekend, which was, Oh, sorry, not the weekend. He didn't make bloody weekend, yeah. did he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was, he was shite. <laughs> he was. He was. Shite. He was shit. Yeah. Honestly, he's. I, I mean, he, you know what he did on fifteen on the first day, um, what he did on thirteen on second round. I mean, he laid up to thirty-five yards in the second round, right, for his third shot. I yeah. walked off with a seven, right. It, it was shocking. I mean, go back and have a look at it. It, it was it was appalling. 
But then I didn't think he had. I'm going to forgive him because I just didn't think he had his Tita Green game there. It just, for whatever reason, whether it's conditions, I've, I've looked it up, I've tried to find it. There was something missing. Um, and that put an awful lot of pressure on his scrambling game. And as we know, with Corey Connors, um, scrambling ain't really what he does. Um, he's around the greens, OK? It's just it's just converting the putt, isn't it? But it's just... No, well, no, Tom. If you see the chips that he, he, well, the he master, hit on... Yeah. on Ah, oh, they were, they were, and and this is a course, obviously, that he's top ten at, yeah, multiple yeah. top ten. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what was going on. So my theory was that um, he's ten points bigger than he was last week, um, and I'm, I'm if I forgive that, then I'm fine. You've got the Texas form, which is okay, and then you've got the Jordan link there, obviously, yeah. um, and then he's got the, you know, as I say, his his form throughout the rest of the year is absolutely fine. His greens and reg. You know, he led them at the Sony, brilliant. Fifth at Phoenix, great. Obviously led everything virtually at the Texas Open. Um, and he has the course form here. Um, where again, you know, he has had chances uh, without kicking on. So I'm looking for the place because I can't nail my colours to to the mass in terms of winning. And mm. it just, I, I thought it was like you said, I don't fancy Tyrrell Hatton at all. Um, and, and I just thought with, with the pricing, um, Forgive it, and he looks a big price. I think it's based on on what he did last week, which was shite. Yeah, um, I expect <laughs> to see something. I do expect to see something slightly better this week. If he finds the fairway, I'd expect him to find an awful lot more greens than he did last week, and and that therefore makes fifty to one or whatever ten to one for your place money look incredibly yeah. good value. Yeah, I like that. I, I do like that. I, I thought similar about Corey, uh, sorry, about Russell Henley as a, as you did Corey Connors in the sense that I think, you know, that it's a, a suitable golf course. It's in the right part of the world um, and all that jazz. And then he went and did what he did yesterday. And uh, I think 50 and 55 to one is still fine, but it made me laugh on Sky when they said he was one of the best putters on the PGA Tour and he hasn't been since like 2015. Um He's actually had five years, I think, outside the top 100 in strokes game putting. So opinions can change. But, yeah, I, I thought he was fair enough. I thought Figala at 66 to 1 was interesting. You've only got one year to go by, and he was shit here last year. He finished 70th and, and was really poor on the final day. I think he shot 79, but wasn't in the form that he's in. Whether he can come back over the excitement of the Masters, I don't know. Um, so I think there's, there's probably more suitable ones down the line. And you might be being asked to take a slightly shorter surprise than you need to in this elite company. The others, Chris Kirk, I still think is is there in the market, 80 to 18 places. Still think he's being overlooked slightly. Uh, just missed out on the top 20. I thought he might get last week, he's tied 23rd. But he's had a seventh place finish here and he's actually been inside the top 10 um, going you know, into the, the weekend and then fell away. He was actually fifth going into the final round, sorry, in 2016 and fell away. So... He's, he's had a couple of chances here, Kirk, to, to really put in strong performances and hasn't. Whether that's the story of his life, I don't know. Uh, 80 to 8 places I thought was okay. Then I sort of, it was a little bit of a, a group, a look at a group of players. One Strecker's playing better than, than he has been uh, and surprised me, Augusta, playing well thereafter. A really patchy run of form. Taylor Moore, recent winner, made the cut uh, on his Masters debut. And no reason why he shouldn't like this goal. Of course, he's 125 to one. And I thought Ben Martin at 175 to one, eight places, given the way he's playing, was fine. But I just don't see any 
real win equity in these uh, at all. I think they're, they're all playing for places, so it depends how many times you want to put that in your staking plan, I guess. Cam Davis, Jason, maybe the, the lowest you're going to go? Yeah, Davis is the only other only other play. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got some form that ties in brilliantly with, with Jordan, obviously last year's winner. And, I don't know, he's mercurial, but, um, you know, he's got some great form. He won the Australian Open, you know, about six years ago, I think. Beat Cam Smith, beat Jason Day, beat Jordan. Uh, Jordan's obviously won the uh, Australian a few times. Uh, he also, uh, he won the Rocket Mortgage, which doesn't necessarily tie in here, but it was from Troy Merritt, who's got uh, 3rd, 10th and 12th here. Um, other form you can link in with various winners. Um, he's got high finishes at Sawgrass. He's got the American Express, which is obviously die as he saw grass. He's got finishes at Charles Schwab, Honda. Sony links in with Jordan. Uh, John Deere links in with Jordan and your man, uh, JT Poston as well. Yep. Who we were on when he won. Um, not particularly worried. Last missed cut. Um, obviously an appalling opening round of 80 at Texas. Um, backed it up with a 66 second round. Missed the cut by two. It could have been a lot worse. That would have meant... Um, it had been six at Sawgrass, uh, made the second round at uh, the match play, um, and then hopefully would have would have made the cut Texas. Who knows what he'd have done? Not particularly worried about it. In 2021, he was 69th at Texas, then 25th here, so he improved. He was uh, I think he was ranked eight off, off the tee, uh, but he lost three and a half strokes with his iron play, um, and got it back with his uh, 35th in scrambling, 7th in putting. So his short game, as you would expect from an Australian Open winner, um, is absolutely bang on. So in a, in a difference to somebody like um, Corey Connors, we've got a player that can that can you know play the short game should he need to. Um, yeah, I mean there we are. I mean it's it's pretty much done. He's twenty fifth third here, finished with a sixty three here last year, which is a terrific effort. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 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 happy. I'm happy with with. Davis at 125 to one. Um, I think he's got the right game for here. And like I say, it's uh, miscut of the Texas Open might stick another 25 points on his price. So um, I'll ignore that. And I, I think you can justify doing that with that 66 second round. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. I like it. I, he's one of those people that I think when he's kind of like 40 and 50 to one, I, I have massive question marks over why people go with him. I, he's another player that I always say this about that. I'd rather take a flyer on him at triple digits in a bigger field because I don't necessarily think it's uh, not being capable to mix it with the best. I think he's more just uh, he's either got it that week or he hasn't. And that volatility leads to him being a, a, a exciting better case of triple digits and one that can return some decent value. I think Matt Wallace kind of falls in that bracket as well. Um, 125 to one. They're, they're, there's no reason why they would struggle in bigger fields. It's just purely that if they've got it that way, they've got it. If they haven't, they haven't. And it's that I'd consistency, that. isn't it? That's yeah. the difference between between the very top and the rest of them, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just that consistency and that, that mindset. But you know, you can if you can find the right conditions for them, then they're worth having a pump with, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I will round off and say that Ben Martin will be my final pick. He's 175 to one for eight places. He was third here, I think it was way back in 2014, but I also think that was the year that he won. If you look at it, he's got three top tens in his last five starts, so it suggests that he's kind of playing somewhere close to his best again. Uh, and if that's the case, then it's probably best to look at how he played when 
he played here at his best form, which was in 2014. We got the win in, in October and he won twice on the Corn Free Tour the year before. So for me, I think Ben Martin offers some value there at 175 to 1. Jay, should we summarise our picks? Yeah, man. Well, look at that. Under an hour. Never happened before. No, not not with us two anyway. Um, we, uh, we do like to talk, but we've done well here. So I will summarise my picks first. I'm going to go with Matt Fitzpatrick, 28 to 1, 8 places. Shane Lowry, 33 to 1, 8 places. Sam Burns, 40 to 1, 8 places. JT Poston, 80 to 1, 8 places. And Ben Martin, 175 to 1, uh, 8 places as well. And then just recapping Brad's picks, he's gone with Matt Fitzpatrick, 28 to 1, Shane Lowry, 33 to 1, and Tom Kim at 40 to 1. Uh, and Jay, she all picks for us. Gone uh, Sung Jim is the best bet. Um, yep. at whatever he is, 33. Uh, Shane Lowry, again, at 33. I expect one of them at least to make the top eight. Um, Corey Connors may well be a top 10, top 20 bet rather than each way, but he's 50s on the outright market. Um, and Cam Davis, I think, is terrific value at 125-odd eight places. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like it. It's uh, maybe a little bit of a master's hangover. That's why I kind of keep messing up my lines every now and then. But it's uh, it was enjoyable. I, I like the heritage. I think it's a good event. I I can't decide whether I want it to move in the schedule and have its own place, or whether it just perfectly suits being a week after the Masters and being able to kind of wind down after it. It's always a bit of a conundrum. But I think I think you should have a week off after each major. It would make sense, wouldn't it? But it's not gonna it's not gonna appease the older uh, sponsors and, and the money men, I guess, on the tour, is it? But yeah, it would make sense to just give everyone a week off and reset. But like, I mean, you can just do what the DB World Tour does and just take months off at a time now. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think a week off will do everyone good. And it's certainly going to get the best out of the players. They can have a week off. Rory's probably here next week if he can come after a week's break. But we shall see. Jace, thank you very much as ever, mate. Uh, good luck this week. And on to, uh, you know, the week at the Heritage on Thursday. Mm-hmm.